Yes, showtime. Yes, please. Would you come and put it down on me? We're right here. Cause y'all need Lil Jordan Love, little Calvin Ridley. Yeah, we show y'all good recording. Make it all right. Need a little Manuel Sanders in my life. Yeah, showtime, showtime. Yes, please. Yes, please. Would you come and record it? Yeah, showtime. Yes, please. Would we come and record it for y'all? Dun, 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 dun. Welcome in to the Showtime Blind Squirrels Fantasy Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 29th. This is your host, Ty Langston, live from a parking lot in Scottsdale, Arizona. Trey, welcome in, brother. Thank you for having me. I have a story I would like to tell our listeners, uh, something that actually just happened to me about... uh, three minutes ago so i left do you fall through another hammock (laughs) no um i was door dashing around here in scottsdale you know the tips are nice it's pretty bougie around here Um, this is a tipping story by the way i know it's been a controversial uh topic in the group in the past um but you know i was i was kind of in need of a break so i stopped at california pizza kitchen california pizza kitchen usually has great service great food can't miss this was easily the worst service I have ever gotten, maybe ever anywhere. I came in, they sat me down and said, I'll be right with you. It's not busy, by the way. There's, there's maybe two or three other people in the whole restaurant. They sat me down and be like, all right, I'll be, I'll be right with you at least, at least 10 minutes before they even came by to take my drink order. And then after that, it took them a little longer and I just ordered food too because I'm like I'm not waiting for you to come back and ask for food that might be another 20 minutes uh so I order everything and then I say I'm kind of in a hurry uh is it okay that when you bring the food can you also bring the check and they're like yo yeah 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 I got you food takes a long time they don't bring the check uh, when they agree to uh and then it took them another 10 minutes after I'm done eating just to come around and check I'm like hey I asked for the check is there any way I could please just get out of here quickly they're like oh yeah yeah I got you five minutes another five minutes they bring the check I give them my card five minutes after that they bring it back I mean everything was at least five minutes before I talked to anyone I got zero refills I gave a zero dollar tip and I have absolutely zero regret on that that person was awful that place is awful i will never go back to that california pizza kitchen and honestly the chain as a whole is now a bit of a black mark for me because that was terrible it took me an hour to eat a seven inch pizza because that's how slow the service was but that's okay my spirits are still high because we're talking fantasy football baby yeah um you know as an avid reviewer of restaurants myself that that's concerning to hear um about about california kitchen uh or whatever it's called so um if you want me to i can put that out there for all of my all my followers to know not to go there ever um yes you know give them give them a give them an 8.0 or whatever your lowest rating is i've i've had a similar experience uh at a restaurant on vacation where like just literally the worst service of all time and we, yeah, we've had discussions on tipping 
in the group text. And I think on an eighty dollar tab, I think I still tip, but it was like five bucks on an eighty dollar I mean, tab. Thing, this was fifteen dollars. Like okay. even if I had tipped, it would have been like a buck or two. So I don't feel bad about not adding a buck or two. And also I, I think it's okay to send the restaurant and the server a message that that was unacceptable garbage. And you better not do that for other people or you're going to get the same treatment because you are getting tipped for your service. You're not getting tipped because I came here and I had to sit down. And if I didn't get any service, I'm not tipping you. I'm already paying $16 for a seven inch barbecue chicken pizza. Like hell no, get out of here. Anyways. All right. Let's, let's talk bring about that. Everyone's Let's bring that same energy when we look back at what a wild week three in the league was. Um, just a bit of a preview to our standings. Um, we don't have a single member of the league that is 3-0 or 0-3 after three weeks. Everyone is within one game of first and one game of last place. So kind of a crazy week to kind of even up the records in the league. And let's take a look back at the action. So if, would you, Ty, like to look at – our first matchup of the highest score, Joshua Kenneth Belford over Cannon Kern. Yeah, I mean, this was just a slaughtering. Nobody saw it coming. You and me didn't see it coming. We both picked Cannon in this one. Josh finally got the Justin Herbert breakthrough performance with 38 points. I mean, the, the Herbert Williams stack might be the most powerful stack in fantasy, and that's in Cooper Cove, Matthew Stafford exists. I mean, if you look over at the other side, Cannon's powerful stack, almighty fantasy stack, Mahomes and Hill, like less than half of what Herbert and Williams put up in the same NFL game. Can't be happy with that if you're Cannon. Josh, he was 0-2. He needed this win, and he got huge performances pretty much across the board. Antonio Gibson catches a 74-yard touchdown on his way to 17 fantasy points. DK Metcalf finally showed that he could be the number one in that Seattle offense. 19.7 points out of the flex position. Defense, 19. Kicker, 11. Josh, I mean, there's there's nothing to be too upset about with this front. I mean, Kyle Pitts, a little bit disappointing still. And then Hollywood Brown, I mean, God, Josh would have put up 170 if Hollywood Brown had hands. Uh, he finishes with 6.8 points. I think he dropped two deep bombs. One of them definitely would have been a score. The other one, he might have ran out in the defender. Uh, and then the only bust, I would say, first team was uh, – Williams for Baltimore at the running back two position, only 22 yards against the Lions. Horrible start there. But uh, Josh gets on the board his first one of the season. Cannon is kind of, you know, left scrambling, one and two. He has decent points for, but he's just not getting what he needs out of Tyree Kill or his running backs right now. And Tyree Lockett has his first uh, bummy game of the year. So, you know, Cannon's got some things to figure out. Odell Beckham in his first game of 2021 looked okay on the bench. So you could see him promoted. And I think uh, I'm not going to get too much into waivers, but Cannon was a little aggressive on waivers this week. So I think Cannon was definitely unhappy with his team's week three performance, and he's looking to the future, trying to scramble and get on the board. Cannon makes the playoffs, but it seems like every single year. So uh, I'm sure he's scrambling to try to miss those Sacco playoffs. But this one was a blowout. Cannon barely got over 100 points, and Josh exploded. Yep, for sure. All right, and now we are going to take a look at our next highest score of the week. We've got the matchup merchant, Cole Walker. Oh, well, he was the farmer for this game. Sorry, matchup farmer uh, over Andrew Sakmaiditka, 137 to 120. So a bit of a barn burner here. Um, really, for Cole, it's just a continuation of 
what's been the story this early season, and that's Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup is the hottest connection in football and in fantasy right now. 343 yards and four touchdowns for Matthew Stafford against the Bucks, and another two touchdowns for Cooper Cup to go along 96 yards. He is the number one wide receiver, and it's not close in fantasy football, and that stack is carrying Cole, and it did this week. Uh, his next two – sorry – other than Kamara, his next two highest scorers were his defense and kicker, McManus and Arizona D coming through. Uh, Kamara got back to his usual ways of 19.3. And then other than that, just pretty tough performances from Cole's uh, auxiliary players, the Joe Mixon under 10, Allen Robinson continues his very disappointing start to the season. And Kenyon Drake and Noah Fant also not really getting it done. Uh, a shine of light shed of light on Cole's bench though is Brandon Ayuk finally gets into the mix for San Francisco and Mike Gesicki his my guy who I doubted last week on the <laughs> podcast 10 receptions for 86 yards so maybe he'll get the nod over Fant next week but Cole gets the win here and gets to change his name back to the merchant looking over at Andrew's team I mean when you score 120 it's kind of a tough loss here but he's got to owe it to TJ Hawkinson only dropping two points at the tight end position after his solid opening to the season in weeks one and two. So that had to be disappointing. And similar to Allen Robinson, David Montgomery felt the woes of the Justin Fields horribly led offense against Cleveland, only getting 6.5 fantasy points. Honestly, that's higher than I thought it would be with how bad they looked against the Browns on Sunday. Uh, as far as some bright spots for Andrew, we had Ryan Tannehill kind of getting back to his uh, high performing ways in Tennessee uh, awesome, excellent with 19.7. DJ Moore and Mike Evans had pretty solid weeks at receiver. And Bustery Barkley in the flex uh, with 18.4, a bounce back game against Atlanta. So, uh, I mean, looking at his bench, maybe he could have played uh, Brandon Cooks, but it wouldn't have been really any more than any of his receivers. At the end of the day, if you're Andrew and you score 120, it just, it just kind of sucks because Cole's team went off. Yeah. Uh, Cole picks up a pretty much must win I mean you just you cannot fall to 0-3 and expect to rally to make the playoffs even in an elongated season so good win for Cole matchup farmer gets on the board I just want to say that I did believe in Cole uh, I picked him and pick him so you're welcome buddy now let's flip over to another game from week three and that is this was a bit of a low scoring matchup between the Washington football team and team Hendersey uh, this one did technically come down to Monday night football Amari Cooper needed 20 points, I think, to overtake Jerry, and he, boy, did he not even get close. Amari Cooper comes out and drops a dud, three catches for 26 yards. Max's team puts up a lowly 84 fantasy points. Really, his only big star of the week was Najee Harris, who didn't even have a good day running, but he just managed to catch like 14 passes or something fucking crazy like that. Um, A.J. Brown hurt his hamstring and pretty much missed that entire game. Juju also got hurt. I think he hurt his hip in the third quarter. So a lot of injuries, unfortunate situations here for Max. Uh, I think A.J. Brown could have had a good game against that garbage Indianapolis secondary. Russell Wilson only one touchdown in a bit of a shootout against Minnesota. Um, and then you look at his bench, Kareem Hunt is actually uh, – Kareem Hunt tripled up Nick Chubb with a score of 24-8. to eight. And he's he's got – obviously he's got Chubb in the starting lineup. So – a uh, bit of a bit of a conundrum there for Max, and just an overall really disappointing week. Um, and then looking over at Jeremiah's side, 
not a great week by any means, but you got to win those clunkers. Uh, he, his team did exactly enough to get it done. Aaron Rodgers with a solid two touchdown game on Sunday night football, Derrick Henry, no touchdown, but does manage to get to 17.9 fantasy points. We've seen Derrick Henry a lot more involved in the passing game early on this year. Last week, totaling eight receptions this week, got another three. So if he keeps that up, he's definitely worth the uh, pick that Jerry took him. Robert Woods, obviously. Six receptions last week, by the way, for him. Six receptions last week, not eight. Uh, Chris Carson gets in the end zone. Sorry, Max. And then um, Travis Kelsey goes over 100 yards. Uh, no surprise there. Julio kind of been on a roller coaster this year, up, down, up, down. I think Jerry started in both weeks when he was down. So it's going to be one of those things where he's going to have to take a look at his bench because he's got some solid bench players. He had 22 from Robinson, 17 from James Conner, 13 from Jamal Williams, 11, like, uh, 11 from Tyler Wood. He's got double-digit options on his bench. So that could be a tough decision on who to put in the flex position moving forward for Jerry. But – Overall, kind of a ho-hum game here. I think both teams came into this one, one and one. And now Jeremiah moves to two and one. Max, the Oracle, falls to one and two. Uh, will that keep him from making the playoffs? I guess we'll have to see. <clears throat> yeah, really just Jerry's team did nothing special, but he happened to be playing Max's team who did <laughs> literally nothing. Um, all right, so we'll take a look at one of our Showtime matchups of the week with Yacht Party narrowly losing to the Bear Jew. Will goes to 2-1, and one, and you fall to 2-1. Uh, another low-scoring matchup here, 109-100. to 100. Uh, For Will, some of the stars of the game were Devontae Adams with 25 fantasy points on Sunday night. Rodgers was peppering Devontae against the Niners. Uh, Alexander Madison, who uh, became relevant once Dalvin Cook was announced inactive, Got a ton of work against the Seahawks. Didn't even score a touchdown and got to 20 points off of yardage and catches. And then uh, Clyde Edwards-Elaire with his first good showing of the season uh, bounced back from that terrible Monday, uh, sorry, Sunday night game against Baltimore with 15.9 and Lamar Jackson uh, got his normal 20-burger. Other than that for Will, not a lot to write home about. Disappointing performances from Hopkins, McLaurin, Goddard. Uh, he could have put in some people on – his bench, but uh, overall, uh, not not too much left on the bench. For you, uh, really, you have to chalk this loss up to some of the guys that that you put in that just aren't really difference makers in fantasy. J.D. McKissick at the RB2, not really sure what you were thinking there. Uh, <laughs> 4.8 points against Buffalo. Uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah, that's, that's not going to get it done with 9.2 at the receiver spot. And then uh, Devontae Smith, talented rookie receiver. We know what he can do on a football field, but with how bad Jalen Hurts looked at quarterback, I don't think you're really going to feel good about starting Smith anytime soon. He got 4.3 for you in the flex spot. Um, I mean, really, your best performers were – Aaron Jones got 16, the Denver D got 17. And then I think going into Monday night, you needed like 40 points maybe, or at yeah. least 40 well, we also more. Had Goddard. I was down. I, was need, down I think 40. you needed 40 more than Goddard maybe. Yeah. Um, and you had Smith, Lamb, and Prescott. And like first drive of the game, Prescott like throws a beautiful bomb to Lamb. And I, I honestly thought he was definitely going to score on the play. 
but he gets tackled yeah. at the one yard line. Absolutely that's, brutal. That's yeah, I'm pretty sure scene. Zeke ended up running that one in. So you had, and I think Dak also had a QB sneak that he was clearly in on that they called back. So you definitely got a little unlucky on Monday night football, but at the end of the day, your team only scored a hundred points. So uh, that's tough. And uh, looking at your bench, you could have gone with Mark Andrews over Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Gronk had his first bad game of the season. And you also could have started Zach Moss. If uh, Luke actually gave decent fantasy advice, you would have put him in over J.D. McKissick, and you would have won this matchup. So really I'm going to pin this one on Luke um, because <laughs> you benched Zach Moss. Yeah, not not much to say about this one. My team just didn't perform this week, and – I, I was probably a little lucky to be 2-0 anyway, so falling to 2-1, and one, still got a winning record. So uh, not going to complain too much uh, about Week 3. Moving on to our last matchup of Week 3. This was an absolute barn burner between Circle the Wagons, Lucas Rapert, and Deputy Bacon's Chode, yourself. Uh, really, this one, you know, uh, it started off very interesting with the Christian McCaffrey injury early in that Thursday night game against Houston. I mean, you were talking so much shit. <laughs> you thought the game was in hand. McCaffrey only five points against the Houston Texans. I mean, how could this be going any better <laughs> for you? Oh, boy, did you have no idea what was going to hit you because Joshua Allen with 45 fantasy points against the Washington football team. Your MVP quarterback that's been carrying you all season, Kyler Murray, against the Jags with a huge, disappointing game, 18 fantasy points. James Conner with a couple of goal line vultures in that one. I mean, that that had to be disappointing to see. Uh, you were Zeke did have a monster game on my football, but it was, you were too far gone. I think you were down like 40, 45 going into the matchup. So there was nothing Zeke could really do realistically to bring you back unless you had an Alvin Kamara-type six-touchdown game. Um, Looking at the rest of y'all's teams, Swift has continued to impress in the passing game and he rushed in a touchdown. So he got a nice 20 burger there. Justin Jefferson really looked good, racking up targets, yards, and got in the end zone. Sterling Shepard did get hurt. So that's a bit of a feels bad in the flex position. You took a two on that one. And then uh, looking at your bench, you had to choose poorly with Tom. Thomas Edward Brady on the bench with 30 fantasy points. It wouldn't have made up the difference if you had started him over Kyler Murray, but it still would have been nice for points for and just, you know, you never want to get something that wrong in fantasy. Uh, looking over at Luke's team, solid contributions from Keenan Allen, 50 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, 74 yards and a touchdown. Higby, 40 yards and a touchdown. And his defense and kicker combined for 31 points. Never underestimate Max that defense and kicker scoring, it can be the difference in your fantasy matchup. Chase Edmonds, bag of chips, uh, scrounges his way to 11 points. Luke takes this one, 145 to 122. Trey, you fall to 2-1. and one. And Luke, I believe, uh, moves up into the 2-1 and one club. So, you know, uh, really high-scoring game. It does suck that you end up losing after going for 122. But at the end of the day, fantasy is about who you play, not what your players do. Yeah, I I just have a couple bones to pick with this one. Um, <laughs> so I I swear, Ron Rivera and Taylor Heineke must share a fantasy team with Josh Allen on it because we were watching that Bills game on Sunday. I was over at Wayne Manor, and it seemed like the Redskins or the football team kept turning it over in their own like side of the field, missing for it on fourth down, throwing interceptions, and then. 
the Bills already up like 20, would just trot Josh Allen back up there to throw another touchdown. I swear, he had like 20 points after they were already up 20 because they kept turning it over. And I thought Ron Rivera must have Josh Allen on his fantasy team. And then the freaking Cleveland DST, we were also watching that game. And Red Zone just kept showing like all these sacks. The Cleveland defense <laughs> had nine sacks, and every time I was sitting right next to Luke, and every time they showed a sack, Luke would be like, point, because it was a point for his defense. And so that was a brutal just nine sacks to watch uh, as Justin Fields blew me out of the water with his terribleness. Yeah, that's that's definitely feels bad. And, um, you know, let's close the book here on week three. It was, it was a pivotal week three. Half the league's now two and one. The other half is one and two. You know, this, this kind of begs the question. And throughout this week, you know, are people going to get a little bit more aggressive on waivers? You know, we're far enough away from the draft now that we kind of know what players are. We're starting to form our own opinions. Our trades, more trades going to happen as we get disappointed and impatient waiting on guys, you know, uh, let's take a look at how waivers went. Do you have the offers report pulled up, Trayton? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought I screenshotted I can, it. You screenshotted it or no? I, no, wait. I came pulled up really fast because I have it on my uh, Safari history. All right. Yeah, I, have just, it, just, I have it pulled up. Um, nice. Go through it for us. All right. So the big waiver wire item uh, in everyone's eye this week was Chuba Hubbard with that injury to Christian McCaffrey and feel the breeze. Cannon Kern is the most aggressive on him and gets him for 73 fab dollars. We weren't really sure about the timetable for McCaffrey's return. I think most people thought at least two weeks with Chuba. And I thought Luke honestly might've gone a little higher than he did. He only put a $52 bid in uh, as he is the McCaffrey owner and already has questionable running back depth. So that was, that was a questionable decision there from Luke to not go more in on Shuba. Uh, but Cannon gets him as Cannon's dealing with a little running back issue of his own between Miles Sanders and Damian Harris, uh, kind of disappointing. So Cannon gets Chuba, other bids on Chuba, Luke for 52, Will for 51, Cole for 39, me for 37. And uh, I think that was pretty much it. Nobody really put a low bid in on him. Um, next bid. Oh, and by the way, the theme of this report is going to be no other bids against me. <laughs> um, as I bid $32 for Emmanuel Sanders. No, no other bids. bids. Uh, you got Naeem Hines for $17. No other uh, There was quite a bit of contention for a couple defenses as Jerry got the Titans D for 11, and there was three other bids on the Titans D. So, uh, yeah, if you see the defense on waivers playing the Jets, be ready to spin up for <laughs> Jerry got them for 11. Luke got the Bengals for eight. I had a $6 bid in on them. I got Christian Kirk for eight. No other bids. And then <laughs> I did get the so Cowboys. So are you trying to get the entire Cardinals receiving room or what? Well, my thought on that is if I have Kirk and Rondale Moore, I'm just going to kind of hope one of them becomes reliable as a flex play. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's a rough situation on my bench right now. Um, and then I got the Cowboys DST for $6 as they are playing the McCaffrey list Panthers and they've looked pretty good so far. Uh, Trayvon Diggs might be a shutdown corner. All right. 
Um, that was Might waivers. Be. That was the waiver report, and now we're going to move into everyone's favorite segment. And no drop today because there were no <laughs> trades in the league. Um, I swear, I swear there is something brewing. I can feel it in my loins. There are trades that are bubbling. Offers are being made. Counter offers are being sent. I think something's going down, and we just recorded too early today. I think something's happening today. And I'm not even speaking from firsthand knowledge. Yes, I've been in contact with people about trades. And yes, I've been pretty much shut down almost immediately by Max, Josh, Luke, Andrew, pretty much everyone. Um, but I feel like something's going down. I mean, you can't go two weeks in a redraft league as involved as ours without some sort of trade happening. So I'm expecting yeah. a trade review drop next week. Yeah, I think that we have a bit of just everyone is so scared to get raped that nobody wants to make a trade. Like, let me, let me give you an example of a trade I offered Max. And I want you to look at his roster and tell me this wouldn't make sense for him. So he, his tight end sucks ass, right? Like he has Jared Cook, and he also just lost A.J. Brown and Juju to injuries. I offered him Mark Andrews, a top five thought of tight end, and Devontae Smith, a young, good wide receiver that Max was super high on coming into the year, and I'm sure he still has a hope for. It's only week three, and he's a rookie. He's going to get better. So I offered him Andrews and Smith for Kareem Hunt, a two-for-one for a bench player that he hasn't started all year, and he turned me down. I mean, he needs a tight end. He needs receiver help. He doesn't – he's not even playing Kareem Hunt, and he re- rejected me. So, like – Holy! Holy! Live the, the trade review segment. We trade, have trade, let's hear trade. That drop. Dun-dun-dun. Trade review! Wow, that timing was impeccable, and by impeccable, I mean completely impeccable, as we are looking at a live trade during the trade review segment. I wonder if Luke and Jerry tried to time that up, but if they did, uh, that was perfect, guys. We've got Jamar Chase for James Robinson. So this may have been why Luke did not go hard for Chuba Hubbard. He had his eyes on last year's darling for his team, James Robinson, who looked uh, pretty good last week, his first good game of the season. Um, Looks like Carlos Hyde's not going to be that involved, and Robinson is the clear RB1 for that Jags team. Now, what does that mean going forward with such a bad offense? We're not sure, but as the CMC owner and questionable running backs behind him, I'm sure uh, getting any usable running back was a good decision for Luke. And then from Jerry's perspective uh, with Jamar Chase, he's had some uh, wide receiver injuries. Um, Sorry, let me pull up Jerry's team real fast. Yeah, he's had some questionable uh, wide receiver play from Robert Woods early on in the season. Julio Jones uh, has had two bad games. And then Debo Samuel, he doesn't really seem reliable. So just kind of another cook in the kitchen for Jerry's wide receiver core with Jamar Chase. Um, I'm going to give this one probably to Luke just because he did not need Jamar Chase really. And he gets a usable running back, but I don't really think either player is like poised to be great this year. I'd say they're both kind of mid to low end twos at their respective positions. So not a earth shattering trade here, but uh, I think pretty good for both sides. 
Yeah, um, I would like to get one of their thoughts on the trade. You know, I, I sent Luke. I, I I just sent Luke the Zoom link. I, I want to see if he joins so he can help us break down this live trade. I know he's been after Robinson for a while, so it's got to feel good to finally acquire his fantasy darling from 2020. So if Luke does end up joining, we can ask him more about his mindset in that trade. But uh, for now, we can kind of move on and we can uh, start talking about week four and always pivotal week four here as lots, as I said earlier, lots of two and one teams, a lot of one and two teams. Week four is going to separate the contenders from the pretenders. And Trey, would you like to break down our first matchup? Yep. So we'll start with the showtime matchups of the week this week. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a, we have a guest that, in progress right now uh i don't know if you can hear us yet luke are you connected to audio hold up you're muted <laughs> sorry this whole zoom thing's new to me howdy brother howdy brother okay one well, second i'm gonna try to get my good mic set up here okay right, uh me? yeah can you hear us oh can luke. you hear me i can't oh i did the wrong button you're good Thank Sorry you, for the audio problems, listeners. I know you guys are used to really All right. quality. Can content. you hear me now? Yes. Yes. A lot can better. you hear us? Oh, beautiful! I can um, hear y'all just so, fine. I didn't know Trey used his Xbox mic. I Luke, usually Luke, don't, but I am this. Luke, week. I want you to know how impeccable your timing is because we are literally in the trade review segment talking about how there's no <laughs> trades when that went down. <laughs> well, so, you know, I had to do what I can for content. That's right. And we figured, you know, what, what better way to talk about that trade than to bring on one of the teams involved. So I, I sent out the Zoom link to both you and Jerry, and I said, first one to join gets to talk, the other one's out. So, Luke, please tell us what your mindset is with that deal. What were you thinking, and um, how did this come about? This is just great because, uh, I mean, all it took is one big trade to get on the podcast. I've been waiting for my invite, but here we are, <laughs> finally making it happen. So as it's pretty obvious from looking at my roster my running back situation is ew, you know <laughs> not great since McCaffrey went down like Chase Edmonds is a solid very safe floor he seems good for about like nine to 15 points any week but no ceiling and uh and then I was banking on Elijah Mitchell who who knows that's so up in the air and trusty on Kyle Shanahan Watching Trey Sermon last week made me feel better about Elijah, but <laughs> y'all know yeah. I've always had a soft spot in, my, spot in my heart for James Robinson. And while I love Jamar Chase, and I think he could really break out because, you know, rookie wide receivers tend to take longer and he's already producing now. So I was thinking maybe he could bust out second half of the season, but I just have so many good wide receivers that I needed right. to make a move. And shipping him out for my sweet prince, James Robinson, a holder of my heart. This feels <laughs> so good to see him back on my roster. I'm not 100% sold on him, looking at the usage of Carlos Hyde. But yeah, I think it is an improvement and very, very much a team need. It's just so hard to get running yeah. backs. When we, when we broke down the trade before you joined, we, we both kind of concluded that you won the trade, if for nothing else, just the roster balance, especially with McCaffrey. You just need help at running back right now more than anything. And uh, Trey actually had a hypothesis that we wanted to ask you about. Did you 
skip out on the Chuba Hubbard sweepstakes uh, because you were planning on striking a deal or did you just, you didn't want to spend up for a guy that's maybe only useful for a couple of weeks? So interesting hypothesis. Cause it was a little of both. I bid what I bid like 52 on Chuba, I believe. And I figured that was a sizable commitment that like, I'm not mad spending that much, but I'm not going to go, you know, spend a hundred dollars on my budget or something to make sure I lock him up uh, right. for a guy. I don't know. CMC status uh backup running backs a lot of times you insert the starters production for the backup when they get the role and that's just not the case a lot of times they underproduce and I figured if I don't get them then maybe I try a little harder to make a deal happen or just roll the dice with Elijah Mitchell but James Robinson obviously Jerry's been lording him over me for (laughs) for so long (laughs) so much leverage and luckily Jamar Chase has been balling out enough for touchdowns yeah. on 11 catches uh, <laughs> to be able to capitalize and flip them for a running back. Yeah, I think the most shocking part about this trade going down is the fact that it went down because it means Jerry actually responded uh, to one of your offers. So it's good to see that there is – the trade activity is not dead in the Blind Scrolls Fantasy League. It doesn't just have to be me, Trey, and Luke. Jeremiah now joins the active <laughs> trader group. Um, Luke, we want to thank you for hopping in real quick to give us Wait, a trade uh, review. I want to keep Luke around for the preview of his matchup this week. Oh, Ooh, that's right. Um, oh boy. So I'll go oh, ahead and run cool. through. I'll run through Luke oh, and Cannon's matchup and let him kind of give his thoughts. So uh, obviously, Josh Allen and Diggs are at home against Houston, and I think their projected totals like over thirty. So definitely expecting. Big things in that one from the stack. Uh, he's already got James Robinson in his lineup, and he uh, plays tomorrow night against Cincinnati. So they've actually had a good run so far, but should be a lot of points in that one. And then Edmonds is at the Rams. I, I don't think you're expecting too much there, except maybe a few catches. Um, Godwin is at New England in that really fun Sunday night game when Tom Brady returns to New England. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he catches a touchdown. Keenan Allen is on Monday night against the Raiders. Um, looking over at, yeah. Oh, so Luke, I want to ask you: Are you going to consider Higby his star tight end? Sorry, star tight end Higby against Arizona. Um, <laughs> if Mitchell is healthy and active, are you going to consider Mitchell over uh, Edmonds? Yeah, I was actually going to just bring that up. Uh, I was highly considering that. It could depend on when it gets around to the 3 o'clock game. Luckily, Edmonds has the 3 o'clock game. Um, I believe that Elijah Mitchell – oh, Elijah Mitchell's also in the 3 o'clock window. And maybe if I see through the noon games, if I'm feeling a little safer, I'll go with Edmonds uh, if I just need, like, guarantee production. If I need to get that big breakout game, I might go with Mitchell. Um, But it kind of just depends on how those games going. If both healthy, all things equal, I think I'd probably lean Mitchell just because the Rams defense versus the Packers run defense is a big difference. But, well, oh, wait, no, or sorry, sorry, Seattle's run defense. Yeah. You know, yeah, great defense there. Seattle's gotten beat up by Derrick Henry and Alexander Madison in back-to-back weeks. So if Mitchell's healthy, that's probably the play. Um, Looking over at Cannon's team, uh, his stack is at Philadelphia, and their defense did not look good on Monday night. Um, so expect a big game there from Mahomes and Tyree Kill. 
Uh, he's had poor running back production the last few weeks. Jonathan Taylor's yet to score a touchdown this year. He's at Miami. That's an okay matchup. We saw Peyton Barber just kind of light them up. So if Peyton Barber can do it, anyone can do it. Uh, Miles Sanders uh, home against the Chiefs. I probably a big negative game script there. Might be another two carry game for Miles Sanders, uh, <laughs> called by Nick Sirianni. Um, <laughs> Chuba Hubbard, fresh off waivers. So Cannon might have been playing a little defense against Luke with his bid, as uh, he knew Luke was desperate and bid on Chuba big, and he's in the flex spot. Uh, Dallas has looked like a pretty good defense, but with Chuba, you're just kind of expecting a lot of touches and a few catches. Uh, Kittle had a pretty good game last week. He's going against Seattle, and then he's going to Tampa Bay's defense and the best kicker in the game, Justin Tucker, uh, might hit another 60-yarder in that altitude of Denver. We will see. Um, overall, just looking at these teams, I'm going to give Cannon the slight edge. I mean – when Luke loses his whole team, a.k.a. Christian McCaffrey, it's just hard to really expect him to, to win a game. And Cannon has a solid roster, which we've talked about all year. So I'm going to go with Cannon. I'm going with circle the wagons here. Woo! Lucas Rapert goes to gimme, three gimme. on the year. I've been riding Luke and pick him all year, and it's been paying off, except awesome. for uh, the week before last week. Uh, but no, never mind that. I really like Luke's team. I love this trade for him. James Robinson is back home where he belongs, comfortable on Luke's roster. He's going to go for a 20-burger on Thursday Night Football. Josh Allen, mm. Stephon Diggs, I'm predicting two stack touchdowns in Cannon. This is an early candidate for a dumbass play of the week. What oh, are you doing? Baby. Why is Miles Sanders still in your lineup? Please, I'm begging you, bench Miles Sanders, move up to whoever deflects or up to RB2, and then put in Odell Beckham. He is back, baby. Odell Beckham, top five wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, my God, he looked so good last week. If you put him in, you will win. But I know you won't because you're dumb, so I'm picking Luke Rapers. Oh, my goodness. That was very emphatic. I can't wait for Cannon to just clip out where Ty said, I've been riding Luke. <laughs> all season or something like that uh, but I'm also gonna circle those wagons I'm going with myself I find there's a very interesting difference in our team where my my team is very centered around volume and kind of guaranteed touches and it seems like a much more safer floor team where Canada has a lot more like volatile players Lockett, Hill, uh, Sanders, Taylor and so I feel like they're not going to hit for Cannon this week. My floor is going to win out on this one. Crazy enough, I agree with Ty. I think Cannon should be playing Odell Beckham in this matchup. I probably would sit Sander or probably sit Chuba. Uh, Dallas's defense actually hasn't looked that bad. Uh, and, you know, you just never know. The Panthers' offense did not look good against the Texans after McCaffrey went down. They had a couple drives that you know went their way but for the most part they didn't look great Odell looked really good last week from the eye test as much as I hate to say it and I probably would be starting him if I were cannon but that being said I'm taking circle the wagons Josh Allen Stefan Diggs gimme 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 big shocker there <laughs> big all shocker. right um thank you luke for joining us and luke's pick of the week was sponsored by the waste of time podcast if you guys have not listened to that yet which all of you have because nobody listening to this has not heard of waste of time because that's like half of our listenership <laughs> are the actual host of that podcast but i'm still gonna give it a plug <laughs> I, I don't even think there's podcast. a chance that will there's no chance will listens to this podcast <laughs> and uh hey, i want to say uh waste of time does not have any official sponsors and Ooh. the showtime podcast Coming soon, 
will have its first official sponsor. More news on that next week. All right. Well, we are looking forward to so much breaking news on the podcast today. Um, Thanks for joining us, Luke. Thank you guys for having me on. Circle those wagons, baby. Let's go. Have a good one, buddy. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, Luke, for hopping in uh, spontaneously there to break down that trade. Now let's move on. We've covered one matchup going into always pivotal week four. Let's let's break down the other four. I'm going to take a look at the matchup between Suck My Ditka and Team Hendersey. Andrew versus Max. Uh, Max has got Russell Wilson taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Chubb taking on the Vikings. And Najee Harris, he's got all of his players are on the road this week. I, I know some people don't like to pay attention to that. I do. I prefer my players to be playing at home because they usually just put up more fantasy points. For some reason, he still has A.J. Brown in the starting lineup. There's almost no chance A.J. Brown's playing this week. He missed practice today. And he's been uh, labeled week to week with a hamstring injury. So I'm sure Max just hasn't checked his uh, lineup yet, although he did add the Miami defense off waivers. So we know he has been on the fancy app, and he's just too lazy or shitty to take A.J. Brown out of the lineup. I'm going to assume he inserts – uh, Adam Thielen, who is off to a hot start in 2021, into the lineup. Adam Thielen is going to be taking on Cleveland. That could be a bit of a shootout. So I actually like Max's team this week. Um, I, I think that he's got a chance with uh, Harris and Chubb and uh, Cooper. If, I think Cooper is going to have a big game. He's had two quiet weeks, and he never has three quiet weeks in a row. So I'm going with uh, I'm going to go with Max in this matchup. I haven't talked a lot about Andrew's lineup, but I, I don't I don't really like it this week. I think Saquon has a really tough matchup in New Orleans. Uh, Mike Evans has a tough matchup in New England. And I'm going to say it. DJ Moore has a tough matchup in Dallas. Trayvon Diggs will be on him a lot, and he will shut him down, baby. Diggs. Um, And then I think uh, even Tannehill, like, he hasn't been throwing a lot of touchdowns this year, and I think they're just going to pound Derrick Henry as many times as they can. So I really like Team Hendersey to take this one down. Uh, score prediction here, 110 to 103. Yep, I agree with you. I'm going to go with Max as well. I think that uh, Tannehill is going to have a low-scoring game as uh, that's going to be a Henry game, I feel like. I'm going to go Max, 105, Andrew, 88. All right. right. And now I'm going to take a look at Jerry versus Will. Um, so taking a look at Jerry's side, uh, Rogers is home against Pittsburgh. Uh, I think he'll do pretty well there. Like I mentioned, Henry is at the jets. He could legitimately score 50 points in that one. Uh, Chris Carson at San Francisco, they have a pretty good defense. And in that same game, he's got right now, he's got Debo Samuel in, who's had a pretty good start to the season. Uh, he's already put in Jamar chase from the trade. Uh, against oh, wow. on Robert night. Woods to the bench. Yeah, so he's benching Robert Woods, who's who struggled. Um, I don't necessarily think his struggles are indicative of the player he's going to be the rest of the season. I would personally play Robert Woods over Debo Samuel, um, but it's hard to – or at least Robert Woods over Julio because he's playing Julio and Derrick Henry. Um, I would give Robert Woods another chance, but either way. Uh, and, he, of course, he's got Kelsey – uh, looking over at Will's team, Lamar Jackson's got a pretty tough matchup in Denver. Clyde had a good week last week. Uh, probably will back it up with a dud at Philly. Javante Williams 
has a pretty tough matchup against Baltimore and he's not even really the starter. Um, <laughs> looking at his, he's got his trio of receivers with Devontae Hopkins and McLaurin Hopkins might get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. Um, honestly, I, I could continue to break this down, but it's pretty obvious which way I'm leaning. Uh, I think this is going to be a blowout. Jerry is going to win 130 to 87. Yep, I'm going to tell your pick there. I think he's got the advantage at pretty much every position, but especially tight end. Travis Kelsey, I think, is going to have a huge week. I'm taking Jeremiah in a landslide. Sorry, Will. All right. Now let's get to the matchups that everyone has listened the entire podcast to hear us break down. We are getting into the showtime fantasy matchups of the week. First one we're going to take a look at, we're going to take a look at Debbie Bacon's Chode versus the Matchup Merchant. That's right. Cole is back to the Merchant after being the Farmer last week. Let's see if he can get back to whatever the fuck he started at. I think he started at the King or Prince or some shit like that. But, you know, he's got the Stafford Cup stack. Oh, my God. They have been off to a great start in 2021. I know you are so scared of that stack. Uh, what have they had? Like two touchdowns every week. The Arizona secondary is garbage. So look for another huge week from Stafford and Cup. Alvin Kamara off to a bit of a slow start, but he is home and any medicine for a slow start. It's the Giants defense. Alvin Kamara should go for a huge game. Speaking of huge games, Joe Mixon taking on the Jaguars at home on Thursday Night Football. Oh my gosh. Cole's matchups are so good this week. Uh, looking at wide receiver too. Even Alvin Robinson. Alvin Robinson's taking on the Detroit Lions. Alvin Robinson's been horrible this season. I, I could see him having more points than he's had the entire year this week against the Detroit Lions. The bunny secondary. Justin Fields takes a bit of a step up in his first home start. Noah Fan has a bit of a tough matchup with the Baltimore Ravens, but Denver is favored in that game. The Denver Broncos are 3-0 and favored against the Baltimore Ravens. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. And Brandon Ayuk makes an appearance at flex for Cole. Brandon Ayuk, who's been buried on the bench since week one, had zero catches, zero targets in week one. You asked Cole last week on pod why he was on the waiver wire, and now we see him appearing in the starting lineup against you. He could make you eat your words, eat some crow this week if he has a huge week at flex. Interestingly enough, looking at Cole's bench, he is benching Daryl Henderson, Darnell Anderson, in favor of Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he's got the Indianapolis defense taking on Miami without Tua. Uh, it's a bit of a that's a bit of a decent matchup. And then Brandon McManus has got the Denver kicker. Looking over at your side, Thomas Edward Patrick, six-time Super Bowl champion Brady returns to New England. I know everyone who is a football fan is looking forward to that game, and I know you as a fantasy manager is looking forward to that game because Brady is about to go off on his old team he wants to put it to Bill Belichick I'm, I'm thinking 400 yards five touchdowns he is going to break the NFL record for passing yards on Sunday night ladies and gentlemen so tune in to NBC at five o'clock Phoenix time and watch that game Looking at the rest of your lineup, we got Zeke Elliott at RB1. Home meets Carolina Panthers. Zeke has really picked it up the last couple weeks, and if he continues to do what he's been doing, it's going to be great for your fantasy team. Swift is, you know, Swift has proven to have a really good floor this year with all the catches and everything like that. He's projected 14.1. I could see him going over that, especially if he scores a touchdown. Jefferson, really, the mainstays, pretty consistent. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two. You really need Ridley to have a bit of a bigger week, though. He's taking on a Washington defense that just gave up a 
fuck ton of passing yards to Josh Allen and the Bills. So hopefully Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley can finally get it going in this beautiful matchup at home. Darren Waller, that's really your one big advantage of this matchup is Darren Waller, the revenge game. Darren Waller taking on his manager from last year, Cole. Darren Waller is on Monday Night Football. I could see this one coming down to Monday Night Football. Darren Waller's probably going to need about 10 to 15 points, I think. Well, let me get to the rest of the line, then I'll tell you my prediction. Emmanuel Sanders, hot off waivers, no other bids. Is he worth the fab? We will see. He has been put in at flex, 9.24 fantasy points. He's taking on the worst team in the NFL, the Houston Texans, so maybe he keeps that hot streak alive. you got the Dallas defense taking on a Christian McCaffrey list, uh, Carolina Panthers. I'm taking the matchup merchant in this one, baby. Darren Waller is not going to get the points that you need. I think the Stafford Cup stack uh, continue their hot streak and you lose yeah i'm not gonna lie i am actually gonna pick cole um whoa his uh his matchups are pretty incredible and i don't know i just i i think it's gonna be tough sledding this week (laughs) all right um i'm gonna now preview the final game which is between you and josh uh for Josh, he's got Herbert and Mike Williams, who was a really good stack for him last week, uh, home against Las Vegas on Monday night. Uh, he's going with Dalvin off of his injury and Antonio Gibson at running back. Uh, DK Metcalf at San Francisco, that's a really good matchup. Uh, sticking with Kyle Pitts and then going with Melvin Gordon against Baltimore, I don't think he's really going to do much. Um for you, you've got Dak and CD, so a couple stacks against each other here, home against the Panthers. I believe J.C. Horn broke his foot, so they don't have one of their better corners. That could be pretty good for you. And then uh, <laughs> Naeem Hines finds his way into your starting lineup. <laughs> um, man, I didn't expect that. That's, that's a good one. Uh, I'm sure that'll go just as well as you starting J.D. McKissick did last week. Um, and then you're actually starting Moss, Moss at flex. So I, I definitely figured you'd be playing De- Deontay Johnson, but maybe you'll make that switch if he's – I'm, I'm honestly assuming he's going to miss the game until I hear otherwise. Okay, that's fair. So you'll probably make that change if he plays. Um, I mean, this one's pretty tough. I, w- I would say that until you have Deontay in there, I just can't pick a team that's starting Naeem Hines and Zach Moss. Um, so I'm going to go with Josh, uh, relatively big. I'm going to say 120 to 106. Uh, see, you forgot one thing in your breakdown. That is the reason I'm going to win this matchup, and that is that Tom Brady is not the only former Patriot returning new, to New England on Sunday night. That's right. Rob Gronkowski is staying at my tight end position, and I think he goes off. He has one of those banger, two touchdown games, even more yards, eight or nine catches, and he sticks it to Bill Belichick just like Tom Brady. Gronk goes off. I win this game. Suck it, Josh. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to go to three and one. I'm picking myself 160 to 95, baby. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was your week four preview we will be back next week with your week four review and week five preview thank you guys so much for listening i want to thank our sponsors california pizza kitchen we're not going to hold today against you we're going to give you guys another shot just not at that location trey do you have any other sponsors you'd like to shout out today uh nope and i gotta go all right trey thank you so much for uh talking to me today and thank you guys up there so much for listening let's